Hi, I'm David Rothkopf, the CEO of the DSR Network and host of the Deep State Radio podcast. Here at DSR, we have always believed that in a world as complex, fast-moving, and full of risks as ours, we all need access to the best minds. That is why we have created the leading network for expert podcasts on the issues of the day you care about. We go in-depth on politics, the law, national security, foreign policy, intelligence, defense, climate, and new technologies with regular and special guests that are the leading voices in their fields. We also offer daily updates on global news, our DSR Daily, and on a key story of the day through our partnership with the New Republic. That is why over a million times a month, people like you choose to spend time with our hosts and guests. Membership is what supports this, and members get special benefits, including bonus content in virtually all of our podcasts. It's a big deal, and it's a good deal. Our monthly membership price is going to go up for the first time in our history on March 1st. So now is the time you can lock in our founder's rate of just $5 a month. To do so, go to the dsrnetwork.com and click on membership. It's that easy, but don't delay. Today's rates will only be available for a few more weeks. Join us, support us. Go to the dsrnetwork.com right now. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm David Rothkopf, joined by Chris Cottonware. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, thanks. And Riley Fessler. How are you, Riley? Doing pretty well. A lot going on in the world today. What are you starting with, Chris? Uh, the Supreme Court is set to hear arguments in the Trump case where a lower court disqualified uh, former President Trump from the ballots on in Colorado. Uh, the case is being closely watched, although um, I think the media sensationalism here is um, is is maxed out. I, I don't think the Supreme Court is going to decide to keep Donald Trump off ballots, um, though there are other cases that are pending uh, where the outcomes seem a little bit more uncertain. But in terms of you know what I've read, the analysis. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. The likelihood that he's disqualified is probably small. Well, you know, uh, that, I, that's probably right. The uh, the 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 hearing um, will uh, take place at ten o'clock today. It actually, uh, I think they're streaming the audio live, so it'll be kind of interesting to hear what they say, particularly what questions the justices ask. Uh, to you know, the core issue to watch for there. Um, and this may, you may be listening to this after that happened, but the court issue to watch for there is whether the justices focused on procedural questions, little small issues that, you know, sort of give them a way to wiggle out of this without deciding whether Trump uh, actually was involved in insurrection or not, uh, or whether they get to that core issue and they decide to tackle it. Uh, obviously, of special note will be things like, uh, well, how does Clarence Thomas handle his questioning since his wife was actually actively involved in the insurrection effort? 
Uh, and of course, he should be recused, but that'll never happen. Uh, so uh, we'll watch with uh, some interest on this. Um, uh, the court, of course, has this other large issue of whether or not to pick up the immunity case. Uh, and I think a lot of smart folks are thinking that, you know, the court's going to go one way on this and another way on that to look fair. Uh, although, let's be clear, that's not the way it's supposed to work. The law is the law. The law on this is very clear. If you engage in an insurrection or you support one, you're not eligible for federal office. It's not that the courts are trying to disqualify Donald Trump. It's that Donald Trump disqualified Donald Trump. Whether um, the courts acknowledge that or this court acknowledges that or not is another matter. Riley? Well, keeping with the theme of attempted insurrections, uh, Brazil police are targeting Bolsonaro allies in uh, new probes of their coup attempt. Um, so, you know, as I'm sure people remember, in January 2023, um, a very similar event to January 6th happened in Brazil, where Bolsonaro's supporters stormed various government buildings and demanded a military takeover of the country to keep Bolsonaro in power. Um, but the police are currently investigating. Uh, various Bolsonaro allies. They've issued uh, search warrants before, um, but this time it's targeting some higher up people closer to Bolsonaro, including former defense minister, uh, former justice minister, and a, another former minister and former vice presidential candidate. Um, so their investigation is clearly targeting some pretty high up people. Uh, and I th just think it's interesting to compare to how January 6th was handled in the U.S. versus how this event was handled in Brazil, both obviously very serious challenges to democracy. Um, Brazil, they stormed multiple uh, federal buildings. So, you know, it's you can argue which was maybe more of a threat. But regardless, I think both are extremely serious. And I think the handling of both is important to kind of compare. Yeah, and the Brazilians on, on the whole have moved more quickly than the United States moved in investigating this and uh, uh, cracking down on it from a legal perspective. We'll see how that follows through. Um, Bolsonaro decided he was going to be a kind of low-rent Trump um, and carried that through to every aspect of his undistinguished, corrupt, and largely unsuccessful presidency. Chris? Uh, Congress's inability to provide funding Ukra to Ukraine, um, uh, as well as uh, all the other issues related to, um, you know, Ukraine is causing issues uh, on the front lines with military personnel reporting that they are uh, short troops um, and that it's impacting morale on yesterday's uh Deep State Radio podcast, uh, Ed, Rosa, David, and Corey uh, discussed this um, with, uh, I think, in Ed coining the, the, the term of our Congress. Um, the do harm Congress, as opposed to the do nothing Congress. That was a quote. That was a quote from a column he had in the Financial Times yesterday. Yeah, so so I I mean this is having a real impact uh right now in terms of um being able to fight off the Russians and while I I continue to read things that you know Russia certainly wasn't planning on being involved for this long it seems like they are better equipped to deal with it 
uh, at this point without additional funding. The EU, of course, has has approved 50 billion euros in funding. Uh, we need to do some shit here. Uh, yeah, and I think you know the 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 problem in the in the Congress is you don't want to uh, put up plan B, or plan B until the Congress addresses plan A. The Senate of the United States is likely to vote today on a standalone aid package, about eighty some odd billion for Ukraine, Israel, and uh, Taiwan. Um, and uh, if that fails in the Senate and the last count was it had like 58 votes, all the Democrats and some Republicans, um, then that might be um, a, a time that the administration might start talking about Plan B, seizing Russian assets, uh, providing weapons to other nations that can then provide them to Ukraine. Uh, I don't know, you know, other other kinds of steps like that. Um, so what, you know, we, the, the thing to do now is to watch how this handles in the house. If the thing gets through the Senate, of course, um, Mike Johnson, the speaker of the house has said it would be dead on arrival, um, in the house, even though there are by all counts more than enough votes for it to pass. Um, and that's what I think the, the MAGA Republicans are afraid of. They know if it gets to the floor, uh, if they actually take a vote on it. Uh, the majority will pass it. Uh, so this is, ha- you know, one of the problems with our parliamentary structure. Um, and I use parliamentary in the you know term meaning legislative. Um, we uh, we can allow small minorities to stop progress, even if it's supported by the majority. Uh, next few days will tell the tale on whether we have to move on from foreign aid, possibly for the rest of this year, uh, towards other forms of assistance for Ukraine. Riley? So North Korea is continuing to further distance themselves from South Korea. Um, They voted, the North Korea's parliament voted to abolish all economic cooperation agreements with South Korea. Um, And we covered a story a few weeks ago where uh, North Korea had made some decisions to kind of further separate their ties with South Korea, uh, suspending their kind of unification ministry that handled a lot of the foreign affairs. Um, but this is just another step of them seemingly trying to just completely cut off South Korea, even though you know their ties were not that extensive to begin with. Um, and I guess my big question is kind of why now? Uh, why are they dismantling so much of the you know, already limited kind of arrangements that they had to keep them tied to South Korea. Um, is it cause for concern? I'm not really sure. You know, I didn't see in this story an event that South Korea did that was kind of, this was in response to. So I'm trying to figure out why now. And I, I wonder if you have any insight on that, David. I don't. Uh, I don't speak to Kim Jong-un anymore. He used to be at our tennis club. We used to play tennis with him on a regular basis. No, I don't know. Um, they, they do these things periodically. Uh, he has a crappy economy. He has a crappy country. He doesn't have much he can do except rattle his saber at the South or at the United States. That's what he does periodically. Um, you know, Bill Clinton once said, um, you know, nuclear weapons were, you know, North Korea's only cash crop, uh, meaning, you know, you know, they would, people would pay them off with wheat and other kinds of things they needed in order to keep them from advancing towards nuclear weapons. Uh, or, you know, keep it their stockpile low since it's estimated to be 60 or 70 nuclear warheads now. But, um, 
you know, the only way that he can be relevant to the world is to have tensions exist between him and the South or him and, and the United States, because uh, he isn't actually achieving anything. Uh, and uh, uh, so, you know, that's my, that's that my, my, my guess is this is the old playbook. Chris? Final story today is on climate change. Uh, for the first time, global warming exceeded the critical 1.5 degree Celsius uh, threshold level over an entire year. Um, it's a very precarious milestone as we've covered um, not only in our own uh, shows over the past several months, but the special series that we ran on the road to COP28. Um, you know, this, this situation, I, I, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't know um, a ton about the 1.5 degree Celsius threshold, aside from people have told me that this is a dangerous threshold. Um, but it seems like we're at, in a position where uh, we need to take more action. Um, you know, this, this is becoming uh, a bit, a bit dire uh, in terms of uh, our climate and protecting, you know, our future. More than a bit dire, the, you know, these are uh, changes that may well be irreversible. We've seen the consequences of extreme weather. Uh, we have seen the consequences of shifts in the climate, like the one you just referred to. Uh, and ultimately, these are going to change the way life works on the planet, where people can live, where they can grow crops, where they can't grow crops, who will go hungry, who will have to move. Um, it will drive migration. It will produce more uh, natural disasters than the crises associated with them. Uh, we're way late on this. Uh, it is probably the thing that will be, um, you know, most negatively adjudged by future generations uh, about this generation. Um, uh, you know, the, and the one before it, we spent so much time trying to avoid nuclear war on the planet that we ignored the fact we were destroying it in a completely different way. We'll look more at these issues because we're going to bring this uh, climate series back um, in, um, in, in the, the weeks ahead uh, because we just don't think we can stop paying attention to it and the relationships we have with experts in that area. It's the kind of thing that could be super useful to everybody listening. Riley? Well, terrible news for Marianne Williamson fans and true believers as she has suspended her Democratic presidential campaign officially. Uh, for those, What of are the odds? If you're a Marianne Williamson fan or true believer and you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> please you know, contact us directly at Deep State Radio. You can even email me at djrothcuff at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. Uh, I, you know, if there's two of you out there, I want to hear from you. I'm sure you're very emotionally upset by this. Um, uh, but, uh, uh, I, I can't imagine there's more than two of you out there listening to this. Um, we'll report back on the kind of response we got to our, did you support Marion questionnaire? Sorry, Riley, go on. No, I mean, there's really not much to add. Uh, she was never going to get the nomination. Um, she so this leaves only Dean Phillips as the sole challenger to Joe Biden, who also has snowball's chance in hell of beating Joe Biden. Um, and it's just it, they they kind of go into the camp of Nikki Haley, where it's just like I'm not sure why they're still running. 
other than they just enjoy getting absolutely blown out in these races. Um, but well, it's not, look, it's it's nice to be famous. It's nice to walk into a room and have a crowd of people and have somebody say, and now the next president of the United States, Riley M. Fessler, and then everybody cheers. And, you know, your brain goes off into a place where you think, oh, maybe that could happen. Um, it's also a chance to raise money. Campaign finance laws are really uh, 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 very flexible in terms of how that money ultimately gets spent and how much you can keep. Um, it's a good way to sell books. I was out there. I was a presidential candidate. Uh, you end up on TV shows. You know, people say, well, and here today with us, former Democratic candidate Marianne Williamson as if she were really a Democratic candidate. Um, and uh, and then also, you know, it's just, you know, it's just big ego boost. You know, well, you have to invite me to the debate, and then you get to offer your opinion on the debate. My, What I say to that is, you know, there's a cheaper way to get everybody to know your opinion, and that's, you know, start a podcast. Um, if you have a good idea, contact us. We love, we love good ideas for new podcasts. Um, in any event, you want uh, some old ideas for podcasts, then listen to ours. We have the Daily Blast again today. We've got a podcast on politics with uh, uh, Rachel Bitkoffer, who's uh, a political analyst who's got a book out. Um, um, tomorrow, we've got uh, We're All Going to Die Radio, which is always an uplifting way to start your weekend, um, uh, and more each and every day. So, Join us again here at Deep State Radio, and thank you, Chris. Thank you, Riley, and thank you, everybody, for listening.